Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy, and I am your host, Nancy Hugo. If you are remodeling or building a new home, you don't want to miss these podcasts. Today is October 1st. Wow, I can't believe it. Christmas is right around the corner. For those of you who are counting the days, today we're going to talk about something that everybody's very interested in, and that is the internet and safety and other things. And our guest today is Nathan Thomas. He is the Director of Business Development at Artisan Systems in Scottsdale. Nathan, thank you for joining me today. Nancy, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, good. Well, yes, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat and ask you a bunch of questions because I am not an expert at uh, the internet of things and everything else that we're gonna talk about, but first, Explain what Artisan Systems is all about. You know, Artisan Systems was really created to give our clients and and the the people of the great state of Arizona the ability to have technology in their homes and in their businesses with an expert by their side. It's so often that we find that uh, people go out looking for solutions, whether it's you know, a TV on their wall or sound throughout their home. And at the end of the day, they're kind of left with more questions and answers oftentimes or getting something that maybe they just spent too much money on. So, you know, Artisan is there to give those people the expert advice and make sure that they're successful with their choices. That's what we're all about. Good. I'm going to go out on a limb and say for the people who listen to these podcasts, they're probably not experts on what's out there for, um, I'm going to say, the Internet as far as different items that we're going to talk about. So um, here goes. (laughs) We're going to start with my big question. What is the Internet of Things? I hear about that uh, um, term, but what it is? What is it exactly? Well, the Internet of Things is all these fun, smart devices that we see when we go to the store, whether it's at a Best Buy or Costco, or maybe we're on Amazon and we see a door lock that's smart or a camera that we can use to monitor the baby's room, or maybe it's a thermostat that allows you to set scheduling and monitor it from your phone. And that's really the Internet of Things is all of these smart devices that we keep putting into our homes. The biggest challenge is a lot of these just don't talk to each other. And, you know, when it comes down to it, we end up with all these separate pieces and all these apps on our phones. And it becomes a little bit more complicated than we would like it. All these items that you mentioned, do they have to work with an app on your phone? What if somebody wants uh, the smart door locks or the camera at their front door? Do they have to have the app on their phone? Not necessarily as far as using the app all the time, but it does require an app oftentimes just to get it set up and to do any kind of maintaining of it and knowing if the battery is going low. Um, But... Generally speaking, once you set it up for a door lock, let's say, you would just type in your code and, you know, unlock your door. And then when it's time to leave, you would push a button and lock the door to leave. So not every device requires daily app use. So obviously, if you're unlocking your door and you're on the outside of your house, 
you have to use an app on your phone. Otherwise, you can't do it manually on your door lock, right? You could, depending on the lock that you get. And some of them have keypads with numbers that you just type into. But there are some out there where it does require interactivity with one of your smart devices, whether it's your watch or your phone, to unlock it. And that's you know commonly found with the Kivo system from Quickset. Just as an example, that doesn't have a keypad. So obviously, if you want to use all of these things, uh, you need a smartphone, right? That's a pretty popular thing to have, yes. Uh, the smartphone seems to be the hub of everybody's communication today. And, you know, I, I, I think my son had one when he was 12 years old, so it's becoming more commonplace for sure. Well, I think the younger generation, um, they're growing up with this, so they know everything about it. You know, they don't even have to read the directions. I think they were born with this um, uh, initiative to just know everything. But when you haven't grown up with the internet, with uh, computers, with smartphones, then you have a lot more questions and you have to learn from the experts how to work it, what they need. And sometimes they don't understand um, everything. So to make it simple, I think would be a great thing for the, I'm going to say older generation, right? Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. You know, in, in the way I approach it, and I think a lot of the people in the industry should approach it would be, you know, how would I have this in my mother or my grandmother's home and how would they interact with it? And, you know, that's a really great approach, at least for me, uh, to know exactly what direction to take for a client. Okay. So if somebody purchased, uh, say, three items, uh, an alarm system, a uh, doorbell, the ring, and the mm-hmm. locking system, and they put it on their phone, and then they totally don't know what to do. Can they call you? Oh, absolutely. We're always here to help. You know, it's not just about us providing a solution with hardware, but we want to be the answer people. So, you know, we're we're here to make life easier for people when it comes to technology, for sure. Did you ever have any clients that... Um, wanted more than they needed? Boy, that never happens. Yes, of (laughs) course. Uh, I I would say that uh, more often than not, uh, a client has a laundry list of items that they really would love to have. And maybe they know why they want it. And sometimes it's just because that's what they've heard or been told by other people. And I think what it comes down to is asking questions. You know, we were born with two ears and only one mouth, and we should use them proportionately. So I think it's a great idea to ask questions and really hear what the client wants versus what they think they want to have purchased for their home, and then give them a solution that makes the most amount of sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. Well, it also goes along with what I keep saying about appliances. Don't buy appliances just because your friends have it and it's the thing to do. If you're not going to use the appliance, if it doesn't fit into your budget and it's just going to sit there and then you're going to get aggravated because you don't know how to use a quote-unquote smart appliance, don't even think about it. Um, Purchase what's on your level of intelligence, I should say, so uh, that you don't want to purchase things that are beyond you. Otherwise, you won't use it. 
I would agree with you, Nancy, and we do see that quite often where, you know, a client might have a big room full of technology. They have no idea what it's for. They haven't tried to use it because they're very intimidated. And that's not where we want homeowners to be today. We want them to be comfortable in their homes. It's supposed to be their sanctuary. Okay. So if somebody called you and said, I need help, and you meet them at their house, where do you start? They don't know what they you want. Know, <laughs> yeah. You know, when when a client does that, and this happens probably on a daily basis for me, uh, I always ask a couple of questions, and then we set up a time to meet. And the first thing we do when we meet is get more answers to questions that they have. And hopefully we can drill down to the real basic needs of what's going on. You know, a lot of times people are buying homes with the technology already in it and they don't know what to do with it, or they're moving into a home that doesn't have any of it. And, you know, it's, I ask questions. That's the number one thing we should do is ask questions and kind of come up with a diagnosis of their needs. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the first step right there in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are companies out there that either email people or send things in the mail saying, oh, we can do this for you. We can offer you this. And I'm sure you've had people go, okay, I bought this. They sold it to me. I don't know what to do with it. So yeah, um, that, that is common. I'm going to, I'm going to call them scams. Okay, a lot of I can get on board with that. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, where they promise the world and you get nothing. And then you can't get your money back. What do you do with things like that? You know, unfortunately, I have spoken with a few clients in the past where they've, you know, seen a promotion that came through a mailer or somebody did a knock on their door and got them to sign up for something. And we try our very best to help alleviate that pain. We do have some knowledge when it comes to how to possibly get out of a situation like that. And Arizona does have some good protections when it comes to uh, buyer's remorse. So, you know, we do our best to educate the client to make sure that they're well taken care of or find a pathway forward with the solution that they already got to make it less painful for them. Yeah, especially the older generation is being bombarded with scams, and that's why I brought this up. They have to be aware. I I always say don't purchase something from a mailer and do your research before you purchase. And that goes with everything. But the one good thing I want to talk about is Monogram's app on the smart appliances. And so they do have smart appliances. I know that for a fact. Um, and everything is upgraded. So if you do get the app with a smart oven, then you will see the oven's recipes being updated all the time. So you might find a recipe that you didn't know you had. And so it's important to uh, purchase appliances that are smart, but that you're going to use. And as I keep saying, don't get the app if you don't have smart appliances, because it's not going to work. Uh, so if you yeah. right, <laughs> if you're interested, and I didn't know this until I started doing research, you think, oh, well, I'm going to get an app. It's going to work with my refrigerator. Not if it's not programmed as a smart refrigerator. 
So if you're in the market for new appliances for your remodel, or if you're building new, then visit monogram.com. And I always recommend that you go to a showroom that has working appliances so that you can try them out. Just like a mattress, you should try out the appliances before you buy them and make them fit into your lifestyle and also your budget. So that's monogram.com. And talking about appliances, Nathan, uh, if somebody got a smart appliance and they got a smart app and they couldn't figure out how to pair the two, would you be able to help them as you're in oh. there for the other things that you're there for? You know, whether it's uh, that individually or if we're there on other uh, technology needs, we are the answer people. We want to provide that solution and, and make it easy on them. I can't tell you how many appliances that are smart that I've helped connect for clients and given them some tutorial. And I keep building my knowledge base because of it as well from all the different brands. And I got to say that they are impressive and they can be intimidating. The one thing I will say is, you know, all these smart devices have to be connected to the internet, which is what we're talking about here is the mm -hmm. internet of things. Oftentimes there might not be a strong enough internet signal in the home and that can always cause issues with your smart oven, your smart refrigerator, your washer and dryer that may not be in the common parts of the home for internet use. So we actually assess that too, because all these smart things are great if they can connect to the internet. So that's something else that can cause a lot of pain for clients. Yeah. Can your smartphone be overloaded with too many apps? Well, if it could, I'm testing those limits, but usually today's smartphones have pretty good capability of having a ton of apps on them. You know, the new iPhones and Android devices, they've got a ton of storage and they have a great way of organizing those apps, but it doesn't make it easy necessarily to use when you have 15 different apps on your phone just for a few things in your home. So, so that's yes, still a challenge. Tell me what you suggest. Well, yeah, you know, there are appliances and also the smart devices that we're talking about, like doorbells and thermostats and locks uh, that actually can be used under one app. Now, those aren't the ones that we usually pick up off the shelf in a store, but there are devices out there that work in harmony with each other. And they really allow you to have one app to use and they work together. So it's not just one app that you go into where you are, you know, seeing the locks and seeing the thermostats and the doorbell, but they actually interact with each other. And that's really where the magic starts to happen and ease of use takes it to a whole nother level. So when somebody says, Oh, I want home automation, what does that cover? You know, that's a really great question, and I think it can cover different things for different people. Uh, this is not a one-size-fits-all, because if all we did was put everybody into one bucket, I think we would lose the masses. Um, <clears throat> when it comes down to it, home automation for one person might mean being able to control their thermostat, and that's it. Somebody else might say, well, I have a swimming pool that has an app and a remote control, and I have lights throughout my house that are smart, and I would really love to be able to monitor these things when I'm not at home. So 
it takes on all different shapes and sizes. And that's why we ask questions. It just has to happen. I know that just about everything in your home could be um, automated. Um, is, is there such a thing as your house knowing you like, oh, my house knows that I really like to have the temperature at a certain degree when it's hot outside, so it automatically changes. Does that happen? It does, as a matter of fact. And, you know, that's one of the things that uh, is all about the human interface. Um, at the very bare bones of it, you set up some scheduling, and then it does adaptation based on the temperatures and the weather outside, and those are the basics of uh getting your personal settings. But you may say that I want the lights on at 20% dimming at 7 p.m. And that can be scheduled. Now to take it to an even more personal level, some of the technology that's out there that integrates all of this together can actually know when you arrive home and make these settings uh, execute at that moment to be easy. So you don't even have to touch anything. It just knows because it knows that your phone has arrived inside of the digital fence of your home. It's pretty crazy. So do you think it's possible that if somebody isn't feeling good, they walk in their house and they think, I've had a bad day, I have a bad headache, and I think I'm getting the flu. And the house says, oh, well, we're going to dim the lights and play soft music to make you relax. Does that happen? You know, I think we're on the verge of that. With a smart wearable devices like the Apple Watch and the Android watches that are out there, they have uh, health sensors on them, and they are starting to get to the point where they are monitoring things other than just your heart rate and your blood oxygen level. They're getting to the point where they can detect mood based on certain biorhythmic patterns of your body. So I think you're on to something there, Nancy, and I think we will see that becoming more prevalent as time goes. Now, when you're wearing an Apple Watch or an Android Watch and it's taking all your medical information, where does that information go? Is it sharing it with your insurance company, your doctor, China, the world? Where is that going? Excellent question. And, you know, I would say if we're talking about Apple Watches specifically, and I think Android follows this suit too, they follow pretty strict HIPAA guidelines. And there are a lot of uh, permissions that you give when you set up the data sharing capabilities of different things for your health. Um, I can tell you that on mine, when I tied my insurance and my health insurance company in with it to get extra incentives, I had to fill out a form and give consent to specific data being shared. But the, your, your question about where is the information stored, it's actually stored in your phone that's tied to your smartwatch, and it is in a secured, encrypted file. The permissions you grant are the only things that are going to allow it to share with other parties. But I will say, you have to be cognizant of what permissions you grant, and you can always review them. And can these apps be hacked? I would love to say no, but in the world of technology, if somebody out there is smart enough and, and cunning enough, they might have that ability to do so. Um, are they going to go after an individual? Probably not. They're probably going to go after a database of information that's out there from a big company. And those companies work hard 
to prevent that from happening, but it's not impossible. Yes, I heard that the more apps you have on your phone, the greater the possibility of getting hacked. I would say that that definitely opens up the opportunity. I mean, it's just like having five doors in your home versus two. And if you forget to lock one, then you have the potential of that happening. So a lot of these smart devices, as an example, that have these apps that are maybe you know made out of the country in China, they may have a higher potential for you to be at risk where the tried and true products that are available that have apps that are, you know, premium quality and don't have those security leaks are going to be what most people should be trying to get. Yeah. And they should also have something like McAfee or Norton on their phone, not just there are right. Yeah, there are ways to provide even greater cybersecurity on your device. I would say that Apple and, and Androids have done a really good job of creating internal security protocols. Um, I know that's a fancy word, but in other words, they've done a really good job of protecting the user. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're in pretty good shape overall. But, and this is a big but, People need to pay attention to notifications on their phones from their providers when it says it's time to update. And it's such an easy thing to just skip past and move on with your day. But those updates usually say something about a critical security update, and you got to do it. Even if it's at night when you put your phone on the charger, take the time to hit yes and let that phone or that watch update. It's so important. Yeah, the updates are protecting you. So if you ignore them, you're opening up your five doors to the world. Absolutely. And your 20 windows, you know, and it's great in the fall to have those windows open. But boy, oh boy, you can get some mosquitoes, too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Studio 41, I want to say that their showrooms are fantastic. And they do carry Kohler. And you can have a lot of your plumbing fixtures I want to say be controlled by an app, or you can say, I want my water to be this temperature or whatever. They do have smart plumbing fixtures. Uh, it's amazing. You can actually live through your through your phone. Uh, so Studio 41, I want to say, has 11 showrooms in Illinois. And they also have one showroom in Scottsdale, which I'm lucky to use as a source for my um for my products that I'm using for my clients. So if you're interested in wondering what Studio 41 has, and every week I say they have the most amazing selection of cabinet hardware, the best I've ever seen in the world. So you can go to shopstudio41.com. That's the number 41, shopstudio41.com. And you can also purchase online. Okay, let's get back to um, the internet of stuff. Whoever came up with the Internet of Things, the IoT, that's the, uh, you know, that's what they say, I guess, the IoT. That is what they say. IoT is kind of the acronym that they use, Internet of Things, because it's so many things being connected to the Internet. So that makes sense. And it's kind of more of a industry, you know, standard and consumers coming together and trying to figure out what do we call all of this stuff? You know, you can call them smart devices, but after a while that gets a little bit stale, but 
you know, you've got devices of all kinds. I mean, light bulbs are now part of the internet of things and little speakers that you can take with you in the house and away from the home. They're all connected these days, which can seem kind of intimidating, but it's just the way things are because they provide more conveniences. So that's, that's how that works. We would have said, no way. You know, I'm amazed when I look at my smartphone and I go, who would ever think that we could carry around a computer? And that's what it is, actually. Um, 20 years ago, I can't even think of 20 years ago, did I? Yes, we did have computers, but they were these huge monitors with these big CPUs, and um, you had to take courses on how to learn how to use them. Now look at it. We've come a long way. Right? Yeah, we certainly have. Uh, you know, the smartphone in your hand is infinitely more powerful than the desktop computer of even 10 years ago. It's just amazing how much the technology has advanced. The beauty of it is we've become more accustomed to using our, you know, gestures and finger swipes on the screens to do things. And we're getting away from physical keyboards oftentimes. And we're just more used to it. It's kind of interesting. The fact that we have a computer on our wrist with a smartwatch who would have ever thought, you know, yes, Dick Tracy predicted it, but who would have thought it would have ever actually become a reality? Well, let's go back further and say, who would have thought that you would have had a mobile phone that you can talk to anybody in the world on? While you That is pretty on, impressive. Right? Yes, we have come a long way. So, so at the end of the day, tell me what you would suggest if somebody said, okay, Nathan, I want you to come over. And I want you to help me with what I need. And I don't know what I need, but you know, I do like entertainment. I do like music. And I'm not into a lot of other stuff. What do you do? Do you try to talk them into, you know, you really need a security system. You really need, what do you think? Well, you know, I think it comes down to asking those key questions. And you said you like music and you like to entertain. And those are pretty easy topics to get into when it comes to speakers and being able to play music. You know, Nancy, I'm assuming you have an iPhone or an Android phone. I have an Android. Perfect. And I'm assuming that you probably listen to music on it. Do you not? No, <laughs> I don't. Oh, okay. I do right. watch do a lot of, oh, I watch a lot of YouTubes. I'm always picking up my emails um, I'm always texting, and I was the one that was the holdout, not getting a phone that, that I can text on. I thought, why would I text? Why would I have a camera <laughs> yeah. on my phone? I just want the phone so I can talk to somebody. And I caved, and I thought, yeah, you know, too bad we didn't have this 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I like the camera on my phone. I love it. Oh, yeah, it's quite convenient. So how do you listen to music in your home right now? Um, on the, I have a sound bar and I have speakers, so. Okay. And you do you have an app on your sound bar that you get music from then? I actually have an app on my phone and I can turn on my sound bar. <laughs> yes. I guess you can. Okay. My, I control the music from my phone, but I listen uh, from the sound bar. Perfect. So these are the types of questions that I would drill into to find out what you do, because a client may not realize that they use their phone to play music at first. 
But in all reality, they actually do with a sound bar or speakers throughout their home. And these are the, the types of questions that are really important because I don't know how you do things yet. And I need to know how you do things and how you want to do things to move forward with giving you a great solution. Um, you know, we talk about smart appliances and maybe you just moved into a home and you do have some smart appliances, but what do you do with them? And so I ask those key questions and we get down to a punch list in essence of the things that you really want to do and how you do them right now. And our goal is to make those easier for you. Uh, so what if somebody says, no, I really don't want a security system because we have a gated community and yeah, I don't want that. Now, you know, I, I would say read the paper because that doesn't stop anybody, but what would you say? You know, if we talk about fear-based uh, solutions and get people nervous about living in their homes, I guess you could go that way. But in the reality of things is a security system is more than just a burglary alarm today. It's actually more of a safety device. So it helps you monitor your home's health, whether uh, it's monitoring the air quality, which they do that now, or the temperature in your home. So a security system ties all of this together today. So it's not just about worrying about a break-in. Um, knowing that your home is locked down doesn't necessarily mean you're worried about somebody breaking in, but it gives you peace of mind. So I don't like the fear-based tactic of selling an alarm system because you're worried about the bad guy. I'd rather talk about things that make your life more convenient, give you a healthier home to live in, and reduce your utility bills. I mean, that's really where we're at today. Does it also protect you from the bad guy? Absolutely. I think that's a really good thing to have. Hmm. I have peace of mind because I do have a security system. And before that, I was, oh, I hate to say it, but I was really a nervous wreck, especially with all of uh, the home invasions that are going on. So I feel a lot better with it. I suggest that everybody has some sort of security system, you know, just because the world is becoming a different place, right? Unfortunately, it is. And we run into the situation where somebody doesn't respect what somebody else owns or their space. And that is unfortunate. But at the end of the day, if we just take some basic precautions and have some systems in place, you know, with locks, and cameras, which is always a good idea, especially if you're more secluded. In these gated communities, these homes can have some pretty secluded lots that they're on, and not your your neighbor may not actually even know if something's happening at your home. So it's nice to have the camera for that too. Mm, I agree. Well, this has been great, a great learning experience for everybody, including myself. I want to thank you for sharing all of your information and your knowledge and your experience. And you'll probably be visiting me again in a couple of months so we could talk more about this. So, Nancy, it's really been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed today's show, and please subscribe on the platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts. And don't forget to share them with your friends. I keep saying, don't keep this a secret. I do podcasts specifically to educate you, so share them. And if you want to learn more about me, you can go to my website, 
nancyhugo.com. Just don't forget, I am a designer and you see a lot of my projects on there. And if you have any questions for me or for Nathan, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. So thank you for listening. Stay safe and have a great day. Bye, Nathan. Bye, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you.